But because people are so accustomed to the old stuff, because the people are so accustomed to the old wine, that's all they want. They don't want to try the new wine. And Jesus is calling the Pharisees into a new way of thinking with this entire parable, calling them to think of a new way to live. But the fact is, people don't like change. faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries Podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning into the P40 Ministries Podcast. My name is Jen. I am the host here. And let's see, I'll tell a fun fact about myself. So, fun fact about me, my favorite color is blue. I just love the color blue. And you'll actually see, if you go to my website, my entire website and even my logo, everything is blue. I just love blue. (laughs) And it has changed over the years. When I was a little girl, my favorite color was pink. Then it turned into blue. Then it was green for a really long time and now it's back to blue. But it's a very specific type of blue. It has to be like a deep cobalt blue. And in fact, all the colors I like are really, really bright. Like when I was a kid, it was hot pink. Then it was, once again, cobalt blue. Then it was Kelly green. Now it's cobalt blue again. (laughs) I just love the color blue. And in fact, most of my clothing is blue. Actually, most of my husband's clothing is blue too, but that is not by my choice. He just knows I like the color blue, and so he gravitates towards the color blue because I like it so much on him. And one day I was actually folding his clothes, and I was putting, um, I was hanging some of his shirts in the closet, and I looked, I'm like, all of his shirts are blue. And I didn't even realize that he was doing that. And I thought that was kind of cute. And I asked him about it later. I'm like, are you purposely buying blue clothes? And he's like, yeah, actually I am. (laughs) So yeah, I like the color blue. So what is your guys' favorite colors? Let me know. Send me an email. You can contact me at www.p40ministries.com slash contact. And let me know what your favorite color is. I just love hearing from you guys. I love hearing uh, just different ways the podcast has helped you. I just love hearing from you guys and uh, meeting new people. But let's go ahead and talk about Luke chapter 5 today, verses 27 through 39. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. as I always do. I have my cup of coffee here, so grab yours or your cup of tea. And let's go ahead and start. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. 
He left everything and rose up and followed him. Levi made a great feast for him in his house. There was a great crowd of tax collectors and others who were reclining with them. The scribes and the Pharisees murmured against the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and the sinners? Jesus answered them, Those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. They said to him, Why do John's disciples often fast and pray, likewise also the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? He said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. He also told a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old garment, or else he will tear the new, and also the piece from the new will not match the old. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But the new wine must be put into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. No man having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. Starting here in verse 27, it says that Jesus left... Um, an area and went to another area where he sees this tax collector sitting in the tax office. And this guy's name was Levi. Now we find out that Levi is actually Matthew and that Matthew was the one who wrote the book of Matthew, which scholars now apparently believe Matthew was the first book ever written of Jesus's gospels because Matthew may have actually been writing it while he was on the road with Jesus. Now, one thing people kind of get caught up on is why Levi is also called Matthew and vice versa. But to me, this is kind of a non-issue because Jesus often renames people. And maybe Jesus renamed Levi Matthew. And that was what Matthew went by in his own gospel. But it doesn't actually say that Jesus ever did that. So to me, it's kind of a non-issue because God often renames people. And it probably just happened with Levi. Jesus probably just renamed him Matthew, and he went by that name. But that's speculation, obviously. But anyway, it says that Levi was sitting there at the tax office, and Jesus just says to him, follow me. And we don't know why Levi just up and followed Jesus, but he definitely did. Maybe he knew about Jesus before. I don't know if you guys watched The Chosen, but um, in The Chosen, Matthew was following Jesus around for a while beforehand and decided to finally just get up and follow him and leave everything behind. But we don't know if that's really the case or not. We just know that Levi up and left everything. And you have to remember the position of a tax collector back in these days was one of just wealth. Tax collectors were known for being extremely wealthy because they were very, very, very shady. <laughs> and they would just steal from people and Rome didn't care. As long as Rome got their fair share of the taxes, they did not care what their tax collectors did. If they overcharged the people, they didn't care. Rome just wanted their fair share and just kind of let the tax collectors do what they want. So in this, in all cases, pretty much tax collectors were shady and Jews hated Jewish tax collectors because they were so shady, they looked at Jewish tax collectors as complete and total traitors that sided with Rome and was taking the money away from the people. This was a huge hot button issue back in those days. You have to remember that. 
And so Levi would have been hated by all Jewish people. And there's actually some history that shows that fish were taxed back in these days. So Peter (laughs) and Andrew and even the two sons of Zebedee, who were all fishermen and all Jesus's disciples by this point, may have known Levi, possibly, as a tax collector that took taxes away from them through their fish. And they might have hated Levi, or at least hated Levi's type, if they didn't know who Levi was. You know, because the fish were likely taxed back in these days, it's just really funny that Jesus specifically chose a tax collector, someone who would have been considered the worst of sinners in these days to be one of his disciples. Jesus chose Levi, a sinner, a traitor, somebody who cheated people, literally somebody who was uh, looked down upon by society. And Jesus welcomed him with open arms. And maybe that's why Levi decided to leave all that behind and follow Jesus. Maybe he was tired of cheating people. But one way or the other, Levi or Matthew would have been probably the richest of all of Jesus's disciples because of um, because of the fact that he was a tax collector. He probably would have been. And yeah, so after all this happens and Levi is just accepted by Jesus, I mean, that acceptance of Levi probably just touched him so much. He invites all of his tax collector friends (laughs) to a dinner party at his house with Jesus. I love that because Levi would have only had other friends that were tax collectors. So you remember, I've, I've talked about this before, but back in these days, things were a lot more open. And if Levi had a big house, he may have had an outer court where people could literally come and like picnic and listen to the conversation happening inside the house. <laughs> That's just how stuff was back in those days where like people would just come and go and um, there was no Western bubble, like the space bubble that we like so much here in America. There was nothing like that. People would just come on each other's properties, sit in the outer courts, enjoy the conversation happening inside the house. (laughs) And so, yeah, Pharisees and scribes who hated Rome, absolutely hated Rome, like the Pharisees were so against Rome. They see that Jesus is eating with these tax collectors And they have a cow. They are so angry. So they pull Jesus's disciples aside and they're just like, why is Jesus, you know, this rabbi eating with all these sinners, these tax collectors, these filthy people? And Jesus hears the Pharisees talking with the disciples. And Jesus is like, well, I came to call on the sick that needed a physician not on those who believe that they're healthy, is basically what Jesus says to them. So the Pharisees then directly confront Jesus at this point because they say Jesus is having too much fun. (laughs) They're just like, Jesus, you and your disciples are having too much 
fun. That's what they say. They say in verse 33, Why do John's disciples often fast and pray, and likewise also the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink? Like, why are you, why do you think it's necessary for you and your disciples to have fun? So Jesus, to answer this question, he's like, why am I having fun? Because I'm the bridegroom. That's what he says in verse 34. And back in these days, a wedding was the huge, like the best form of joy that a person could have, basically. Weddings were considered just a time of joy. It was like a week-long uh, festive thing where people would bring their wine, have feasts, and just enjoy life. So that's what a wedding was. And so Jesus is claiming to be the bridegroom and mentioning a wedding, which is a joyous occasion. And he says, you know, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? So he's saying, I'm here right now. So my disciples shouldn't be fasting like I'm here. This is a joyous occasion. We should be having fun. We should be enjoying this moment. And he says, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And so that is obviously talking about when Jesus is killed by the Pharisees and by the Romans. That's talking about that. And yeah, at that point, his disciples do fast and they're mourning and they're in distress because Jesus was taken from them. So then here in verse 36, Jesus starts talking, you know, he, he starts giving the Pharisees this parable about the old versus the new. And this is obviously talking about the old covenant versus the new covenant because Jesus came to fulfill the old and bring the new, which is what you and I now live under. We live under this covenant of grace under Jesus's blood. You know, the Old Testament was more about works bringing us close to God, which we couldn't do. And that's what Paul talks about when he's discussing the Old, the old Testament, the old law. He's discussing how God brought it to us because we needed to know that we needed a savior. We couldn't do works to get us into heaven. And yeah, I mean, God blessed the works that were done in the Old Testament and God blessed the people that had a heart for him. And I do believe that those people that followed the Old Testament law and did the best they can, you know, people like David, King David, God says that that man was a man after his own heart. Those people that truly loved God and understood the point of the Old Testament law obviously went to go live with God after they died. So yes, I mean, even though the law couldn't be followed to a T, it was still a way for the people to uh, gain salvation in a sense. But it was there to show people how flawed they were. And in fact, Paul goes on to talk about how the law tells us how we're sinning because once the law mentions that we can't do something, we want to do it even more. <laughs> and Paul is like, yeah, I mean, the law is, you know, showing us that we have these desires to do something and that that's wrong and that we need a savior, which is what we live under now, obviously, is the age of Jesus, the age where Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament law so that every single person on earth could now receive forgiveness if they wanted it, could now receive forgiveness from Jesus and live forever with him, which was the entire point of Jesus coming to earth. 
But Jesus here is saying that he's he's making things new, but people still want to hold fast to the old stuff. In verse 39, it says, No man having drunk the old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. But And, and that's kind of how Luke ends this. And it's interesting that Jesus says that because he's he's saying like the new the new wine might be better but because people are so accustomed to the old stuff because the people are so accustomed to the old wine that's all they want they don't want to try the new wine and Jesus is calling the Pharisees into a new way of thinking with this entire parable calling them to think of a new way to live But the fact is, people don't like change. And that's more of what Paul talks about when he goes on to say how, you know, the the Jewish Christians are doing a lot of damage by forcing the people, the Gentiles, to follow the Old Testament laws. And yes, I mean, there's so much I could say about that, about how, yeah, we're still supposed to look at the Old Testament law. We're still supposed to study it and, you know, see the morality kind of issues in the Old Testament law, because those are still pertinent to today. But a lot of the stuff has been fulfilled. For example, you know, the sacrifices, we don't have to do that anymore because we have an ultimate sacrifice that did all that for us. So we don't have to do sacrifices anymore. It doesn't make sense for us to do sacrifices anymore. It's not going to gain us anything. But that's what Jesus is saying. He's calling people to change their mindset from the old and follow the new, which is more of what the New Testament talks about, how we do away with the old self and we then become a new creation, a new person. Because even though the old way of thinking is more comfortable, it's comfortable to not have change, that may not be the best thing. And in fact, a lot of cases it's not because the old self is damaging. The old self is corrupting but jesus calls us to become a new creation where we're literally renewing our minds all the time to become more and more like jesus and i mean if you look more at this parable in verses 36 through 38 let's talk about 37 specifically it says no one puts new wine into old wine skins or else the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed I mean, going back to the old self and the new self, we can't mix the two. It just doesn't work. Either we stay in the old self, which leads us down the wrong path, the path away from God, or we switch over to the new self, which leads us toward Jesus. Because the new self, the new creation, has a mind towards God, a mind that wants to lead us down that correct path. But we can't have both. It's either one or the other. There's no such thing as mixing them. And that's what Jesus is saying here, that no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the skins and everything will be destroyed. It just doesn't work. So we need to have a refocused mind on God. And my call to action to everybody here listening is just think about a way that you might be trying to go back to that old way of thinking, that old self that it has you trapped in a mindset of maybe lust or you know addiction or something else. How can you refocus that 
and put it back onto God because you can't have both. You need to be following after God. You need to be focusing, renewing your mind every day to what God wants you to do. And in the end, you're going to be a happier person. In the end, you're going to be freed from that addiction. You're going to be freed from that lust, that whatever it is that's holding you back from becoming a person after God's own heart, a person who follows after God and a person who truly is living a happy life in Christ. Well, friends, thanks for tuning into this episode. Today we talked about just renewing our minds in Christ and the fact that we have to do that daily and we can't go back to the old way of thinking because that's not healthy. It's not going to do anything for us. It's just going to burst the (laughs) wineskins in a way. So we have to constantly be trying to renew our minds. So yeah, that's what we talked about today. But you know, guys, Easter is just around the corner. Like it is really close to being here. So here is a quick commercial about the Alive Coloring Devotionals. Do you need help spending time in God's Word? The Alive Coloring Devotional is a great tool for you to gain motivation and build a healthy habit of walking with God. Get connected to all the stories you've heard before, with intricate coloring pages and eight devotions discussing the days before Jesus' resurrection. Walk through this adult coloring devotional as you learn more about Christ's walk to the cross. The Alive Coloring Devotional. Come alive in Christ. Well, thanks, Caleb. I appreciate that uh, quick announcement. You can actually do them alone or you can do them with your kids. There's a child's version and there's an adult version. And you can order those on Amazon Prime. I'll drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode. Friends and faithful listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. And I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,